Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Galatians. Today is episode 350. We're looking at Galatians chapter 5, verses 7 through 12. Let's read our passage. You're running well. Who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth? This persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough. I myself am persuaded in the Lord you will not accept any other view, but whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. Now, brothers and sisters, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. I wish those who are disturbing you might let themselves be mutilated. Well, Paul is arguing for justification by faith. There's a group of people in Galatia. We call them the Judaizers. Apparently they are Christian Jews who are arguing that you must become a Jew in order to become a Christian. And Paul's saying, no, there's nothing wrong with being a Jew, but you don't have to become a Jew to be a Christian. The promise of Abraham has priority over the covenant with Moses. So you just have to be justified by faith. Faith is what brings you to Christ, not following the Jewish laws. So he has finished up last time with the first six, where he talked about faith working itself through love. Now here, verse seven, he says, you were running well. Now Paul often uses these uh, athletic metaphors and the Christian life is somewhat like a race. It takes effort. You go through it, and you're heading toward a goal. And so he says, you were, you were doing it well. You were following Christ. You were running the race well. And he says, who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth? Now, prevented you, well, that means can we trip you up? Pretty much uh, a lot of different ways to put that. A lot of translations will say, who cut you off? Because if you're running a race you get cut off. That kind of trips you up. That prevents you from moving toward the goal. And that's the image he's painting here. You're running the race well. You're going well, following Christ. Then it's like you're running this race and somebody off the stands jumped in and pushed you off the track. What happened? You were prevented from being persuaded regarding the truth. He asks it in a form of question. Who prevented you? Now he's not asking for names. He's making a rhetorical question, just like who who bewitched you we saw earlier, who uh, has confounded your thinking, who who messed you up. You were on the race, you got knocked off course. Who did that? Well, we know who did it. The Judaizers did it, but under the persuasion of Satan, they did it. Verse 8, this persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Well, who's the one who calls you? When it comes to following Christ, we're called by God through the Holy Spirit. That's the call to follow Christ. And he says, well, it wasn't the call of God through the Holy Spirit who has caused you to step off course. Uh, God's calling you to follow the course. So it wasn't from God, which means, well, it's obviously not the, the way you should be going. He's not the one steering you off course. In verse 9, he says, a little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough. Now, leaven's basically yeast. And if you're making bread, you add yeast to it so that it will rise 
and uh, the yeast ferments and forms little layer bubbles and makes the bread good. But it doesn't take much because yeast is a fungus and it grows. And so it doesn't take a lot of yeast and it just keeps going. If you ever had friendship bread, the, the bread that you share, it's uh, like having a pet. You have to groom it and feed it and then you'd have to when it keeps growing you have to divide it and start giving it to your friends because it keeps growing and growing and growing that's the way yeast works leaven here so it did a little bit of leaven leavens the whole batch of dough his point being that small things can have big consequences and what he's talking about here is being pushed off course in following christ it doesn't take a big error because what happens is as soon as we start accepting a small error, it's easy to accept more errors. So you look back at denominations, for example, in the Christian church who started accepting things that were not in line with the Bible just because they seemed reasonable. And it never stops there. It may be for a generation, but as soon as the next generation comes along, it wasn't ingrained in um, what the previous generation had taught, they take that and run with it. Because as soon as you deviate from the gospel, as soon as you deviate from the truth, well, you've already started deviating. So a little more deviation is okay. And that's the, the whole thing here. With a little leaven leavens the whole dough. A little error leads to big error. And that's a, a problem. That's why we've got to stay so faithful to the Word of God. Because once you start saying, well, maybe maybe God wasn't right here, then you start having to judge everything in the Word of God. Well, is this right? Is this right? And you're left eventually with not much, and you're way outside the, the bounds of the, the true gospel. In verse 10 he says, I myself am persuaded in the Lord that you will not accept any other view. But whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. Now, he doesn't say why, but he's saying basically, I, I believe that God is protecting you and going to protect you, and you are going to get back on course, and that God's going to deal with the Judaizers. God's going to deal with the ones who've been messing you up, tripping you up, pushing you off course. He doesn't give us any reason for this, just makes the statement that I, I believe you're going to get back on course. Maybe he believes as a result of the letter he sends them that things will straighten out. Maybe he had a, a word from the Lord. We don't know. But he says, I believe you're going to get back on course. God's going to deal with them. Doesn't say how, doesn't say when, just that he will. Verse 11. Now, brothers and sisters, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. Now, this seems kind of out of place. What's this from? He, the best guess is, it seems that somebody's been send, saying to people in Galatia, you know, Paul preaches circumcision, or, you know, Paul sometimes preaches circumcision. You know, you know what he says when he's here, but you ought to hear what he says back in Jerusalem. Now, we do know later on, when Paul travels through Galatia, he picks up Timothy, and Timothy accompanies him on his way in a second missionary journey. Now, that occurs after this letter, so that's not what's being referred to here. But Paul circumcised Timothy. Reason being is that 
Timothy's mother was a Jew. And your Jewishness comes from your mother's side. So, since Timothy was a Jew and had not been circumcised, Paul circumcised him so that he could interact well with the Jews. Not for his salvation, not for his justification, for the purposes of evangelizing the Jews. So, he's not preaching circumcision, but apparently somebody's saying he is. And then he says, well, if I am, then why are they still persecuting me? If, if I agree with them, then why are they uh, spreading all these lies about me? So, obviously, he's not. He says, in that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. If he agrees with them, then why even have the cross? Because you've got the law. Now, the offense of the cross, referring there to in, in the Jewish custom, in Leviticus, it talks about hung, being hung on a cross is a curse. Anyone who's hung on a tree or cross is under God's curse. And so the, the idea of the Messiah dying on a cross is offensive. And even across all societies, the idea of the preaching of the cross is offensive. The idea of justification by faith is offensive. The law, that's kind of easy to understand in a natural way, is you earn your salvation based on what you do. If you do enough, then you will be saved. And that's kind of the general way people view things with God. But the cross is salvation by faith, through grace, not by works, based on nothing you have done. You can't earn it. And the idea that you're corrupt enough that you deserve damnation, that, that is offensive. So the, the cross is offensive across the board. In verse 12, he makes a well, pretty strong statement here. I wish those who are disturbing you might also let themselves be mutilated. Well, he's talking about circumcision here. And the, the word that gets translated mutilated, it, it just literally means that mutilated. But in, the con, in certain contexts, it can mean emasculated. And so some translate this as, I wish those who are wanting you to cut yourself would be go ahead and cut themselves all off. And back to Leviticus, anybody who's in that condition is not allowed to enter the temple. That's why it was such an amazing thing for the gospel to come to the Ethiopian eunuch who had never been allowed to enter the temple, who had never been allowed to fully participate in worship. He could come to Christ as he was. So Paul has not preached for or against the act of circumcision. He circumcised Timothy. But what he preached against is the idea that circumcision can lead to salvation or is necessary for salvation. He's always said, whatever state you're in, if you're a circumcised Jew, come to Christ in faith. If you're an uncircumcised Gentile, come to Christ in faith. So it's, it's frustrating for him that these people are spreading lies about him as far as what he is teaching. And then this, this strong statement here, I wish they'd go ahead and just cut it all off. That's strong. A lot of people find that rude. They want to soften this in the translation and say, well, cut themselves off from the people. Well, that's a stretch. That's not really what he's saying. But he, uh, he's talking about circumcision, so he's basically saying, I wish to go ahead and do it all. And it's strong language. And But you think about what these guys are doing. They're leading people astray. They're creating a stumbling block for people 
to come to Christ. They can be responsible for people missing the opportunity to come to Christ. This is pretty serious stuff. And so you see Paul's frustration here and you have to understand it. So he uses some very strong language here. Now he's making a personal appeal to him. Hey, guys, are doing well. Somebody has stepped in and messed you up. I believe God's going to pull you through it, and God's going to deal with them. And they're spreading some lies about me. It doesn't make any sense, because if the, those lies are true, then why are they still persecuting me? And I wish they'd go ahead and do it to themselves. Paul's calling them to freedom. Freedom from law. Freedom from legalism. Freedom to know God through faith. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Galatians.